This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. God provided at the cross. He didn't leave anything out in our lives. He really he covered it all for us. And this emotional freedom is so important, especially at this time in uh, the age in which we live in. There's so much bad news that it's almost like you don't want to look at the news because it's all bad. But if you have the peace of God, your confidence can be in Him in the midst of chaos and wars and rumors of wars. Your peace is in the Lord. And that peace we, we looked at can cause you to hear clearly from the Lord. If your emotions are running wild, it's hard to hear from Him. In fact, we, we looked at a verse where it talked about it's almost, almost like being in a drunken state. And you can miss the, the day of His return and not know when it is. So it can be a hindrance. You know, emotions can cause you to do crazy things. And I was thinking about when I was preparing this message about as a kid, uh, I was at that age where I was wanting to be uh, a man. I was kind of in between, uh, you know, older teenager, younger. I, I may have just been turning uh, 12 or something like that. And I heard a noise outside uh, in the back or the side of the house. Uh, actually, where my room was, it would be on the side. And I decided I wasn't going to wake my dad up. It was just before sunrise. I was going to handle this myself. So I did, uh, with, with great wisdom, went to my closet and got my baseball bat. It's a different time, folks. <laughs> I went and got my baseball bat. And I proceed slowly to the front door, taking deep breaths, saying, I can do this. I open the door, and I come outside. I knew that I needed to get down the steps. It was a little tight there as quickly as possible. Anyway, I, I step out, and I noticed I did have some room there. I started swinging the bat immediately. I knew that whoever was out there, when they came to, at me, that the bat would stop them. So I am swinging with all my might. I get down the steps, and now I'm really, I mean, I'm into this like crazy. I did not know that this was going to happen. I slung the bat all the way across the street. We lived on Cove. It goes across the street and the other people's yard. Now, I can just imagine anybody that saw this, I don't know what they thought. In my mind, I knew it was a race to that bat. Whoever got to the bat first would live. The other one would die. I tore out with everything within me. I'm running, and I dive for the bat. In the same motion, I pick it up, and I'm swinging as I, I grab it. I worked my way back to the house, went into there, locked the door, and went in my room and said, I won't do that again. 
emotions can cause you to do some things you would never do unless it was this feeling of, of fear or whatever it was that was driving you. Well, God wants us to, to live in peace. He wants us to live in this place of uh, a victory and peace knowing that He's there with us. He's, he's in us. So we're going to look at this some more this morning. Um, we saw that Jesus bore every negative emotion for us at the cross. We looked at that uh, last week. He took it so I don't have to worry. He took my worry so I don't have to worry. I don't have to be discouraged. He took my discouragement. He took my frustration. He took my anger. He took my panic. He took uh, the stress. He took all those things where I don't have to take it. What do I get in replacement of those negative emotions? His peace. His joy. That's what God wants us to do is to live in His peace. I can be mentally stable and strong emotionally. I can live free in my mind, mentally free, and experience emotional freedom. And we saw last week that covers every spectrum of the emotions, of the mind. The, the, the soul is the mind, will, and emotions, and imagination. It, it's all those things. And God wants us free there because He actually redeemed our emotions at the cross. Your emotions have been redeemed at the cross. You don't have to have, let that emotion overtake you and overwhelm you. You can trade it, you can exchange it, and just stir up the peace of God that's already on the inside of you. Because we looked at the kingdom of God, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Then we saw that the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. So there's peace on the inside of you. Not your peace, His peace is on the inside of us. Well, that's good news. I don't have to look very far. I can just stir up the truth on the inside of me that I have His peace. That I have His joy. The kingdom is within you. We go looking, oh, if I can just find some peace. Or we say, I've lost my peace. You mean you lost the Holy Spirit that lives within you? <laughs> you can't lose your peace, really. You, you cannot use your peace, but you really can't lose your peace because your peace is on the inside of you by the Spirit of God. So, in John 16, verse 33, These things I've spoken to you, that in me, Jesus speaking, you may have peace, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want you to notice here, he said, I've spoken these things to you where you'll have my peace. His word he's given us and spoken to us that we can have his peace. Where does peace come from? Or how do you stir up the peace that's on the inside of you? Because we saw that the fruit of the Holy Spirit parts peace. You stir it up. By the Word of God. By what God says. By His voice. His Word. So He spoke these things to us that we may have peace. Hmm. He's talking about actually in the world. In this world of tribulation, in this world of chaos, you can have His peace. 
That's His will for your life is to have His peace. I mean, know, know that His peace is better than our peace. Sometimes we want to give our peace away. Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You see this in your notes. We can have His peace even when facing tribulation in this world. At the worst of times, at the worst of times, you can have His peace. I can stir up supernatural peace on the inside of me, the same peace that Jesus has, right in the middle of affliction, right in the middle of tribulation, right in the middle of being tempted to worry, the fret, the dread, right in the middle of trouble, right in the middle of storm, right in the middle of, uh, of attack. I can have the peace of God in the midst of it. It's supernatural peace. Say supernatural peace. And he says... But be of good cheer. In the world you will have tribulation. You can't pray that you won't have no more tribulating. No more tribulation, Lord. I... He said you're going to have it. You're going to face it. In this world, you're going to face it. This picture that we have, we get saved, we give our life to Jesus, and then everything is going to be perfect from then on, no trouble, no storms, no nothing, is a lie. Jesus said, you will have tribulation. There's going to be problems. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be hardships that we face. But when you face them, face them in His peace. Face them in His victory. Face them with the cross in mind and what He did for us. The victory. Face them in grace. The grace of God. Stirring up that supernatural grace. Jesus has defeated everything that comes against you in the world. He defeated all our enemies. And that includes emotional attack. Those feelings that come against us. He bore it for us. Look at this from the Amplified. It says, I have told you these things so that so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. But be of good courage, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world, I have deprived it of its power to harm you and, and have conquered it for you. What's he saying? I can be of good cheer in the midst of problems because he conquered the very thing I'm facing. He's already conquered it for me. No wonder. No wonder. This fight is truly fixed in our advantage. I just have to agree with him. I get his peace no matter what I'm facing. I met a man years ago. I'd just gotten saved. I was so blessed to hear Kenneth Hagin's teaching on in him realities and just uh, identity. And uh, if you know his ministry, he's so strong in that. And I, I met a man. He had lost his job. And I really thought he was just mixed up. He had a family of four. And I said, what are you going to do? And he said, I don't know. 
He said, but this I do know. My trust is in the Lord, and I'll have a better job. Now, I thought, well, that's a little, you know, it came off a little arrogant to me. I said, oh, really? Okay. He did. About three weeks later, he had another job. Increase, promotion, everything. His confidence was in the Lord. He just refused to be troubled. He refused to be worried. Now, it doesn't mean that you just get on a couch and vegetate. Pastor, I'm just carefree. I don't have a worry. No, you're lazy. <laughs> you need to put some action to your faith. I'm just carefree. Don't have a worry. Have you put in any resume? No, I'll just let it come to me. Not coming, bud. You're just going to get <laughs> lazier. Be of good cheer. He's already faced and already defeated everything. Remember we looked at the chastisement for our peace? That he took the very thing that you're tempted to worry about, he took the cause or the reason for the worry to come in the first place. He's already defeated and conquered everything that you'll ever face. Therefore, I'm of good cheer. I know the end of this thing. So I'm just going to stay in peace. The peace of God that surpasses understanding. So I face the test, the trials, the tribulation, worry, stress, fear, depression. I know Jesus has subdued it for me and he's rendered it harmless against me. Powerless against me. You see that in the, in the notes. I can remain in peace since Jesus has defeated my enemies and rendered them powerless those emotions those things that come against you are powerless if you stay in his peace chastisement of our peace was upon him John 14 verse 27 peace I leave you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give it to you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid the world's peace is based on everything being peaceful around it. The world's peace is built on the world system. If everything's going okay, there's, there's peace. But that's not God's way. That's not God's peace. God's peace is not based on what's going on around it. God's peace is based on what's going on inside of us. God's peace or the world's peace is based on how people act towards us. That's the world's peace. God's peace is based on how we choose to act towards others. The world's peace is part of the kingdom of darkness. God's peace is part of His kingdom. It shouldn't matter what someone does to you. You have His peace in the midst of it. Now what it does, it causes you to be able to come back and minister to that person usually. But if you blow up and explode, because you lost your peace, you probably don't have an avenue back many times to minister. The world's peace 
Well, as long as there's no terrorist attacks, no wars, no rumors of wars, start markets doing okay, straight down the line, there's peace. But our peace is much more powerful than that. The peace of God is more powerful than any worldly peace. The world cannot produce the peace of God. It cannot come close to His peace. And we have His peace. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you need to get in the Word till you believe it. Believe it and act like it. Trust it. And grace the flow. Say grace the flow. So here's the question. How are we going to react to what the world's doing? Or what people are doing? In the flesh or in the spirit? In the spirit you always react in peace and love. I mean, though we're a work in progress. Anybody here arrived already? We want to cast that lying spirit out. When we see him, though, we'll be like him. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Troubled there means to cause inward commotion or take away your calmness or mind to stir up, render anxious or distressed. Have you ever been troubled before? Look what he says. Let not your heart be troubled. Whose responsibility is it for our heart not to be troubled? It's our responsibility. Now, it would be unfair and unjust for God to command us to do something that we did not have the ability to do. We do it through Him. We do it through His grace, through His Spirit. You don't have to be troubled. That's the reason you can come to church and you might be troubled and you get in the presence of God and what happened? Peace invades your soul. See, really praise and worship moves the emotions. It's one of the greatest things you can do when you're tempted to be troubled is get in praise and worship. Start worshiping the Lord. Change those emotions. That's the reason... When you get in the car on Monday morning, you're thinking you've got the Monday blues. If you get the right song, it's happy day. Why? It moves your emotions. What if we moved our emotions on purpose, intentionally, to what God says? Because His Word is life. His Word is spirit. His Word is peace. I can stop these emotions because Jesus told the truth. And this is truth. He told us not to let these things in our lives. Or we could say, stop negative emotions. Stop being troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Or be afraid. Whose responsibility is it for us not to be afraid? It's our responsibility. 
That means you can do this. We can do this. Say, I can do this. So what's he wants to do? To displace those negative emotions with his peace. God's peace is the way to ward off all worry, strife, depression, anger, hurt feelings, fear, guilt. It's, it's the way to get rid of that discouragement, that torment of the mind. His peace will overwhelm it. His peace will overwhelm it. When Ella and I sent Rom and, and Joshua when they left home, troubled. Only thing to get relief was worship God and start speaking. And the Lord reminded me, He loves them more than we love them. He's got them. Oh, it's good. Peace started coming and, and it brought so much refreshing tranquility. Because God's got them. Well, God's got you. God's got you. You're in His hands. So we don't need to worry. We don't need to be stressed out. What about the future, Pastor Bob? God's got the future. I'm so glad I don't have to figure it all out. I got online the other day and just said, well, I'm going to look at some of this end time stuff. I started looking. And I mean, every person I looked at had different opinions. I threw my hands up in there and said, you know what? God, you got the future. Peace just invaded me. God's got it. All the feelings that come against you are powerless to make you feel that way. Well, I just can't help it. Uh, love you, but you're not telling the truth. You can't help it. Well, Pastor, you just, uh, you just don't understand. It's my hormones. It didn't say that. There's no asterisk hormones. Well, you just don't understand. Well, Jesus does. I mean, does it work all the time or is it just part-time? Is it a completed work, finished work, or is it half done? Hormones are for heaven. Now, I'm not just talking to women. Men, you're hormonal. We all deal with things. But this peace overcomes whatever you're facing. I was going to share here uh, just quickly about three that had peace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They make a law. It says if you don't fall down before this image... King Nebuchadnezzar. If you don't fall down when the sound of the music, if you don't fall down, worship, you're going to be put into a burning, fiery furnace. You remember, maybe you're familiar, remember the story. That image was a reflection of the king, by the way. And what happens? These three don't bow. And the king... 
he said, look, uh, uh, is this true? Must be some kind of understanding here. Maybe you didn't get the, uh, the email that I sent out. Uh, you're supposed to bow. And, and he says, look, I'm going to give you another chance here. If you don't bow, you're going to be put into the fiery furnace. And then he goes, and who is the God that would deliver you? But the peace of God was so strong on these three. They said, look, if, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But our God that we serve is able and will deliver us. That's the peace of God. You know, the enemy is so, he's, he's mentally retarded. He said, you know what, we're going to fire up the furnace seven times more. Before you were going to cook in, in ten seconds, now it's going to be one second. And he takes his mighty men to throw these three in, and they melt. They burn up in the process. He loses his mighty men of valor. Because he's in a rage, he's in a fury, it said. And they're thrown in, but they start moving around in there. The king, he comes and he looks and said, did we put three in there? And they said, yeah, there's, he said, there's four. And one looks like the son of God. There was Jesus in the midst of them. The fire didn't burn them. They didn't even smell a fire. The they weren't singed at all. Why? Because they had the peace of God and the Prince of Peace walked in the fire with them and it was powerless. Powerless. I'm telling you that depression, that worry that comes against you is powerless if you'll walk with the King of Peace, with the Prince of Peace and say, no, the peace of God rules on the inside of me. You can talk to those feelings like it's a person. Talk to that depression. Depression? Jesus told me you were coming. He warned me that you were coming. But I have some news for you. He already defeated you. So depression, leave me in the name of Jesus. And I stir up the peace of God. I'm full of peace. I'm full of joy because the kingdom of God resides on the inside of me. So I don't put up with you, depression. And start speaking the word. Start speaking life. Well, Pastor, I don't feel like doing that. I know we're changing your feelings. That's the reason we're doing it. That is an attack of the enemy against you. That's where those feelings, those negative emotions come from. It's the enemy. Hit this real quick. 1 Peter 5. I want to show you something. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This is what, to God, is humility, is when we cast our cares upon him. 
when you cast that worry, that depression, that frustration, whatever it is, you cast it upon the Lord as being humble. In fact, worry is one of the most deceptive forms of pride that there is. We don't think of a person, you know, that's in worry, maybe their head's bowed down. We don't think of them being prideful, but that's what God says. He resists that. The humble cast that on the Lord. We have a different way of looking at it, a different definition. Humble yourself. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to those that take the negative emotions and they give it to the Lord. Casting. It means to throw, like you're casting, fishing. Cast it away. Cast away those negative emotions. Then He will elevate you. He will exalt you. He will elevate your life, lift you up from that place of trouble, uh, of worry and anger and defeat. Then, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, now I had not seen this link before like the Lord showed me the other day, how they're linked. One thing, he says, your adversary's not your wife. Your adversary's not your boss says the devil. The devil's always the adversary. Now he uses people, but behind the people's the enemy. So our attack is against the enemy, not people. It says, be sober or be on guard, but the devil uses cares to choke the word out of your life, to stop grace. He uses these cares as these places of worry and depression. He uses cares and trouble, these things from the world, to choke the word out of us and to get you not to cast the cares upon the Lord. That's his attack. One of his major attacks. Especially against the body of Christ because we're not looking to live in sin, but it's cares and, and worry and things that can come upon us and we can be in pride and not even realize it. The enemy devours people who don't humble themselves and cast their cares upon the Lord. Let me finish first. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He walks like a lion. He roars. He roars words of worry, words of, of lying, deception. He roars words of, of sickness, disease, depression. He, he roars these things in our ear. Seeking whom he made the devour, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same suffering or experienced by the brotherhood in the world. You know what the enemy does? He tries to say, you're special. He tries to make you real special. There's no one like you. No one's going through what you're going through. You're so very special. No one understands what you're going through. But the scripture says here, we all face the same thing. We're all going through the same thing. What's that supposed to do? It gives us strength. That's the reason when you come to church or we gather together as believers, we get encouragement. Your home should be a house of blessing. You should be saying um, to your wife, you're blessed. You know what? You're looking mighty good today. 
You're blessed in everything you set your hand to do. What if our, our homes and the house of God is a place of encouragement? A place where we agree with what God says. That's what He wants. But the enemy, he weighs us down with negative emotions to stop grace in our lives. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Second Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. Say a sound mind. I mean self control. That means wholeness in the mind. The will, the emotions, the mind, the soul. Soundness, self-control. God has given you a spirit of self-control. It's called the Holy Spirit. When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, uh, even in that list, in the King James it says temperance. In the New King James it says self-control. Temperance is self-control. God has given you self-control that's on the inside of you. Romans 8, 6, 7, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is to be gospel-minded. To be gospel-minded. Romans 10, 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without preacher? How shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of, say it, peace. The gospel of peace who bring good tidings of good things. Ephesians 6.15, when it talks about the whole armor of God, having your, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You see this in your notes, you cannot separate peace from the gospel. You ever been someplace and you heard, maybe you went to a church service and it wasn't good news? Where you left sad instead of glad? Where you didn't leave with peace and joy because there was no victory in it? I, I ran into a, a lady at, at Kroger's and she said, I'm so tired of going to my church and hearing what a sorry old worm I am. You know, that doesn't sound like the gospel to me. That doesn't sound like good tidings to me. You cannot separate the gospel from peace. Peace and that Jesus came and He gave us a harmonious relationship back with the Father. He took and knocked out everything that stood in the way of us being connected once again with Father. He redeemed us. He paid the price. And now we're part of the kingdom of light. And we get brighter because the world's getting darker and our light shines. And those people that come to you and they're distressed and they're broken and they're hurt and they're anger and they're joyless and they're hopeless. You come as a children, as those of the gospel of peace and light and you bring the answer. You bring freedom. You bring peace. God's not mad at you. God is for you. Jesus went to the cross for you. I have good news for you. He can redeem and, and defeat everything that you're going through. He can turn it around even for good. Our God's a mighty God. Do you want Him? Instead of saying, you're a sorry, lousy sinner. God is going to get you. He's going to send you to hell. And I'm glad. 
you're getting what you sold. That's no good news. Good news is he paid the price. And you are loved. You are loved. When you stand before Father, maybe you did nothing in this world. It says all your works are burned up. You still get in. Well, that's, that's not fair. I did all this for you, Lord. Ah, stop it. You're going to take your crown, you're going to throw those feet, and you're going to realize He did it all. It's to His glory. It's to His honor. It's to His praise. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word today. We thank You for emotional freedom. Thank You, God, that You've called us to live a carefree life, worry-free life. You've called us not to be troubled, not to be overwhelmed, not to be frustrated, not to be anxious, not to have panic attacks, not to be depressed, not to be oppressed. Called us not to have bad temper and be angry. You've called us to peace. And we're so grateful that you took all of our negative emotions and you gave us your peace. Shalom. Wholeness. Soundness. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Wholeness. Fullness of life. Life abundantly. And maybe you haven't accepted Him today. I want to give you an opportunity to come to Him. He loves you so much. If I was to ask you, why would God let you into heaven? What would your response be? Maybe it would be, well, I'm a good person. Let me tell you, that's not good enough. The Bible doesn't say because you're a good person, you're going. Well, I was raised in a Christian home. There's no place in the Bible that says because you were raised in a Christian home that you're going to heaven. Well, I believe in God. Well, the devil believes in God, but he's not going to be in heaven. The answer, Jesus made it very clear and very plain. In John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. What's that mean? You give God all your heart and all your life. You have a relationship with Him. That's how you get in. The price has been paid for you to get in. It's your choice. Maybe you prayed this before and you surrendered your life to Him, but you're not walking with Him. Today, start walking with Him. This is an opportunity for you to start walking of Him again. For either one of these two invitations, every head bowed, no one looking around, if that's you, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. And we'll pray. I'm not going to ask you to come down right now. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God. He will welcome you into the family of God. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus 
who died for me, who was risen from the dead, for me, that I could have life, and life more abundantly. I confess His Lordship with my mouth, from my heart, knowing that, Father, You raised Him from the dead. And now I receive new life, and I belong to You. Thank You, Lord, for saving me now. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.